Okay, over to you. Oh, brilliant. Okay, so um, we've come to that time where we're going to open up God's Word together. So why don't you go and grab your Bible or um, swipe to, the, to it. Um, maybe you don't have a Bible in the house, so you can download a Bible from the App Store. We'd really recommend you do that. Um, actually, as well, if you haven't read the Bible before, uh, let me recommend it to you because <laughs> it's life changing. It will ch literally change your life. You're best to start in Matthew's gospel towards the end of the Bible. And um, yeah, let's just see, see what happens. So why don't you do that? That'll be awesome. Okay, so we're continuing in our series called The Prison Letters. And so we are going to read from Philippians 1 and we're going to read verses 12 to 14. So let's do it now. Okay, I'm going to read to you. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Amen. 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 Okay. So have you ever been silenced before? Has anyone ever tried to silence your voice? Maybe at school you were bullied. And as a result of that, your voice and your character diminished. You were shut down. You were squashed. You were silenced. Maybe... People have tried to silence you for uh, doing the right thing, for standing up for injustice or abuse of power or for um, a situation that you really believe in, a cause that you really believe in. Well, that's exactly what's happened to Paul here. He's in prison and he's in chains because the authorities are trying to silence him because he's been messing about with he's been messing up if you like the status quo he's been shaking mm. the land and um they don't like it mm. they don't like it he's been messing it up because he's been announcing that there is a power far bigger far greater than any custom any tradition any person he's been openly proclaiming wherever he goes that jesus is lord Jesus is king, which was revolutionary and actually highly provocative. You see, Paul's faith in the gospel of Christ Jesus was shaking the world and bringing a radical change. And because of that, Paul was actually seen as a threat. And so what do you do with a threat like that? Well, you throw them in prison. You put chains on them in order to silence them. And yet what we actually see has happened is the complete opposite effect has happened. And so today we're gonna look at Paul's life in prison and we're gonna look at how we can learn through Paul uh, being in prison. And we're gonna look at three things that I believe he teaches us. We're gonna look at how we can become more fearless more faithful and more fruitful during this lockdown season. So point number one, you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> okay, speak fearlessly. Verse 12, 
Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. So we see here that the very thing that Paul has been put in prison for has not silenced him, has not stopped him, but his chains have actually advanced the gospel. How incredible is that? You see, Paul's fearless in his confidence in that Jesus Christ is the truth. Jesus Christ is Lord. And not even prison, not even the shackles, not even the threat of death that is looming over him is going to stop him declaring that. Because he knows that there is only one power that can bring change, that can transform lives, that can bring hope and healing and peace to individuals and to communities and actually to the whole of the world. And that is the power of the gospel. And this gospel is the same today as it was back then. It isn't static. It isn't a a dusty, old, outdated religion, but it is a powerful living truth. And this gospel that Paul is speaking about and won't stop speaking about, whether it's to huge crowds of people or to Uh, while he's in prison, is the power of God. It's the power of God and it's the best news that we could ever hear. And today, wherever you are in the world, you need to know that the gospel is pursuing you, that God is pursuing you with his arms flung wide open, arms of love and compassion and grace that are for you. He will never leave you. He he will never walk away from you. He will never uh, let you down. No matter how far maybe some of you have even tried to run from him, he is always there. He is always there. No matter what we've done, he's there. God pursues us. He lavishes his love upon us, not because we deserve it, but because he cherishes us and he wants a relationship with us. And maybe you're in a situation today where you think, actually, I don't know that kind of love. I, don't, I, I want to, but I, I've never known Jesus like that. And if that is you, later on today, we're going to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus, to, to experience this life-transforming power that I am speaking about. Because no one, and I mean absolutely no one, is discounted from this life-changing power. No one. So for us as a church right now, we are scattered, aren't we, in our homes all across the northeast of Scotland. Let me just say, church, now is the time. Now is the time more than ever before to speak our hope, to be hope, to spread our hope, because it's the only thing that is going to get us through. It's so desperately needed, isn't it? It's so desperately needed in our world right now that is full of anxiety and sickness and confusion and fear and worry. And more than ever before, our friends and our family, our neighbours, our colleagues, they need to know, they need to hear about this life-changing gospel. Mm. So let's not hold back. Let's not wait for another time or another day. As it was with Paul, so it is with us in lockdown. 
God's blessing and power is with us, allowing us to share this faith that we have fearlessly. Okay, point number two, live faithfully. Verse 13, as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. So as a family, we like going to Lockmick, don't we? Mm. We love that place. And my parents um, were coming up and we had planned to spend the day in Lockmick. Um, I was going to pack a massive picnic. We were going to leave quite early in the morning to make most of the day. We were going to walk around Lockmick, picnicking in glorious sunshine. Our crazy dog would be running off all over the place. We'd be having like little individual conversations with our kids. And it was just going to be a really wonderful time. I was so looking forward to it. And then, of course, lockdown happened. And we can't do that anymore. In fact... There are many, many things that we can't do anymore. Mm. I can't get in the car and go to Lockmick and do that beautiful walk. I can't just go round to someone's house. We can't just go for a mooch round the shops if we want. I can't go and worship with my church family in a building all together right now. I can't go to Nando's. I can't go on holiday. I can't put my arm around someone who is in need of a hug. I can't go to the dump. (laughs) Who would have thought you'd want to go to the dump? I really do and I can't. I can't go to B&Q. You know, I can't go to work in our office. I can't go and stay with my parents and my nan. I can't go to the cinema. We can't go out for dinner. We can't see friends. I mean, It's tough. There are so many things that we can't do right now, but I can still remain faithful to Jesus. Every minute of every day, I can be faithful to him. And I love how Paul shows us that even the loss of liberty and oppression and opposition that is surrounding him on all sides, even when he's been treated terribly, accused unfairly, his decision is that he is going to live his life well before God and also those around him. Rather than thinking, well, you know, I'm in prison and there's nothing really I can do right now with my ministry, so I'm just going to, you know, just leave it for now. Or thinking, well, I'm in prison and there's no one else that can really see me right now. So I'm just going to unplug for a little while and let the real me hang out. He doesn't do any of that. Mm. His circumstances would not hinder his faithfulness. You see, he has made that decision. He's made that decision. And because of that, God uses Paul's chains. He literally uses Paul's chains. I love this. So um, Paul, like I said, is in chains and these chains are about 18 centimetres long and he's got a chain on his wrist. But on the other end... You mean 18 inches? What did I say? 18 centimetres. Oh, 18 inches, sorry. Um, Yeah, I'm not very good at these. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, darling. I'm glad you're listening. I am listening. But on the other end of the chain is a guard. 
and he is he's he's shackled as well now paul lived like that for 2 years 2 whole years can you imagine the dozens and dozens and dozens of soldiers that would have guarded paul throughout that entire 2 years so what does paul do with that What does he do with it? He sees it as another opportunity to speak about Jesus because he's got a captive audience. (laughs) They're not going anywhere. And so his faithfulness to Jesus suddenly spreads. It becomes well known all across the whole of the palace guard. You see, the gospel went from guard to guard and then it went from the guards to the families of the guards, from family to family to family. And he ended up in Caesar's palace. The gospel of Jesus ended up in Caesar's palace. How incredible is that? I love that. You see, every day we can choose faithfulness. Every day we can make a deliberate choice with the people that we live with, with our work colleagues, with the people that we meet, with the people that we're Zooming with or phoning or messaging or texting. We can make a deliberate decision that we are going to demonstrate a life live well. Mm -hmm. A life will live well through our faithfulness to Jesus. Okay, so we've had speak fearlessly, live faithfully. And the very last point today is relate fruitfully. Verse 14. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Now, I don't know about you, but we've seen quite a lot of uh, cyclists, haven't we, since, mm. lo- since lockdown. There have been an awful lot more than normal, I think. Now, and we live near quite a big hill. And um, I've seen people attempting to cycle up that hill that probably wouldn't normally try and attempt to cycle up that hill if it wasn't for lockdown. And it's hard work. It's hard work attempting to do something that's really difficult all on your own. It's really hard. I I saw somebody recently, just a couple of days ago, really struggling on their bike to get up this hill near to us. And it got me thinking, I am so incredibly grateful that I don't have to do this thing by myself. That it's not just me struggling away to try and figure all this stuff out. I'm not on my own, but instead I'm part of something much bigger. I'm part of a team. I'm part of a family. I'm part of an incredible church family. You see, we don't have to be alone. We don't have to struggle along like that lone cyclist, having to navigate our way through difficult or rough terrain, having to face the wind and resistance all by ourselves. We don't have to do that because that makes for a pretty isolating and really quite a difficult journey for us, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And over the years, I've chatted to people who've basically said to me, I can't see any need for the church. I I don't get it, and I can't see any need for the church. And I think Paul would be absolutely baffled by their response, because as Christians, we need the church. We need the church. We need one another. Now, church is not perfect. Our church isn't perfect. No church is perfect. That is true. We all make mistakes. 
We all have our funny ways, you more than me, but we do. <laughs> and you definitely more than me. How dare you? <laughs> but we all make mistakes. But the reality is we need one another. We need one another, especially in times of struggle and difficulty. You see, when we're part of a church family, it's like we're cycling the same journey, but we're doing it all together. We've got people all around us to help us. I literally know nothing about competitive cycling, but I have seen it on the telly and um, I've watched them cycle as a team. And I think it's called a peloton. Something like that. <laughs> uh, well... Sport isn't our thing. <laughs> Sorry if you're really into that. I think it's called a peloton. And basically it's where all the cyclists, as part of that team, they're tucked in close to one another. They're sharing the load together. You know, I've seen the Tour de France a couple of times and you see these cycling teams climbing these massive mountains together, together, battling the elements alongside one another, urging each, each cyclist to go faster and further than they ever thought they would ever be able to do if they were on their own. And then what happens is when someone is flagging, what happens? Somebody goes out in front and gives them a rest, gives them a breather and takes on kind of being the front runner for a while. I love that. You see, that's how it is for us as Christians. We help each other. We encourage each other. We lift each other up. We push each other forward. We might not be able to meet as the church right now, but we can still be the church. And that's why what we see with Paul here is we see that his chains has given the church courage. It's given them courage. His example has boosted their faith. He's given them a new boldness to speak about this faith without any fear because they've heard reports from Paul, basically hearing how God has protected him, how God is continuing to bless him, even in prison, even while he's being persecuted. His strength has literally become their strength. Paul's strength has become theirs. His life has touched them even from afar. Church, even though distance separates us right now, we are still a family. We are still a team. We are still the church, the hope of the world. Why don't we pray together? Lord, we thank you for the church. We thank you that we are not doing this race by ourselves, but we are doing it collectively with you at the helm, that we are in it together. And I want to pray for anyone right now who feels just that they are out on a limb, that they are alone that you would come, Father, and that you would draw alongside of them and also that they would reach out to the church family, the church community for help. And Lord, I pray for those of us, Father, who don't feel like that right now, would you speak to us about who we can encourage? 
Would you lay people on our hearts who we could bless, who we could reach out to? Would you draw near to all of us during this season? And Father, would we see your gospel spread throughout this region like wildfire in a whole new way? Will you fill us with your faith? Give us boldness to speak truth. Would we be your hands and on your feet, Lord? Amen. Amen. Amen.